Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Dear Asian Americans. This episode is a really good one. It features a webinar discussion that we had last week with my friend Sarah Park, Sun Wen, and Carl Chen about networking, career development, and professional development in times of COVID and beyond. I do want to make a uh, an apology for some of the audio quality that you're going to hear. It was recorded live on a live stream, so it is not as uh, clear as we would normally like to make it. So I do ask for your patience and grace as you listen to this live recorded episode. Um, want to big want to give a big thanks and shout out to Sarah, Sun, and Carl for making time out of their busy lives to share their knowledge and their thoughts with us. Um, I encourage you as you listen to take notes and to think of somebody in your life that you can share this information with and information and ways for you to connect with the guests themselves will be available to you in the show notes. Big thanks to our supporter, Koba Coffee. Visit koba.coffee and order your caffeine coffee chocolate bars. And be sure to use code DAA or podcast to get 15% off of your first order. Big thanks to our patrons on Patreon. And if you would like to support us, you can learn more at patreon.com slash Americans or visit the support link on our website at DearAsianAmericans.com. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and join us on Facebook at our community. And you can just search the Asian Americans on both platforms or find a link to connect with us in the show notes. Thanks again. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're staying healthy and hope you're staying happy. Here now is my conversation with Carl, Sarah, and Sun. And want to welcome everybody to uh, Beyond the Resumes, uh, the Asian Americans Career Webinar. We've done this once before and we got a lot of great feedback from it. And so we did it once uh, at the beginning of the summer in May. Uh, as folks were graduating and there was a lot of uncertainty about uh, what the summer would look like for uh, students looking for internships or graduates, recent graduates without um, jobs that they would have typically had. And I, so, so I thought, you know, as we are going now into typical recruiting season, um, particularly at the graduate school level, um, it's high recruiting season already at business schools across the country and for graduating seniors. I thought it'd be nice to touch back with some of our uh, friends of the show and experts in the career space to get their current take on what are some things that people can be doing, what are some tips, or just to let people know that they're not alone going through this. And so we are really, really excited uh, to have three of my good friends here. Uh, Sarah Park is joining us here from Southern California. She is the Director of Career Services at Harvey Mudd College, and she's had similar roles across various schools. So from a student perspective, she knows exactly what the students are thinking, what employers are thinking as well, and, and has a very good pulse on what is going on in the higher education community. Uh, Sun Win, been a very good friend of mine uh, ever since we crossed paths in Michigan. He has a background in undergraduate recruiting, graduate recruiting, corporate recruiting um, at one of the largest uh, retailers in the world. And now he is a recruiting lead, um, a recruiting lead at LinkedIn. If you can't tell by the... Uh, the many, many hints in the background. Um, and there you go. Good branding, man. Uh, give, give that man some more Microsoft stock. And uh, Carl Chen joins us. Uh, he is the founder of Subtle Asian Networking, a group that all of us belong to and a group that many of us find a lot of comfort in as we uh, find it as a place of uh, comfort and uh, just a good community where we can rely on each other, get good advice. And so uh, wanted to bring everybody in. We're going to start with Sarah. And so um, and we'll go Sarah, son, Carl, um, just let us know a little bit more about you and your general outlook on career and, you know, professional development as it sits today in 2020. Sarah. Thank you, Jerry, for having us all here today. What a great panel to be on. I'm so glad to meet you all in person. Um, so I'm Sarah Park. I'm your typical hyphenated American. Um, I grew up and born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. If you listen closely, you'll hear a little bit of a twang probably with my vowels. Um, I spent most of my formative years and my education was in the South and the Midwest. I went to Carleton College in Northville, Minnesota, small liberal arts institution, uh, University of Iowa for grad school. And I've worked in higher education in some sort of capacity my entire career. So I've worked with students in academic advising, uh, international student scholar advising, uh, diversity inclusion, and then also in career services. Um, I've been in California for about eight years. Um, I've worked part of the Claremont Colleges. I currently work at Harvey Mudd College uh, as director of career services, but before coming to Harvey Mudd, I worked at UCLA um, in their industry relations arm of the Career Center. Um, 
as far as recruiting this year, I know that there is a lot of uncertainty. Um, it sort of feels like tectonic plates that are moving and we're just trying to catch our balance. Um, and right when we think it's going to stop, uh, it starts moving again, right? Um, I think that, you know, recruiting is starting to become clearer. And when I say clearer, it's cleared as mud. Um, I think that recruiting timelines are all over the place. Um, this is definitely an uh, unprecedented year as far as recruiting, but I will say that there is a lot of opportunity for students um, and young grads that are out there. Um, it, it doesn't look bleak. I think it just looks a little delayed um, as a whole, but I think it, overall it looks really good. My name is Sun Nguyen. Again, um, it's, it's great to be here. It's always an honor and privilege to, to be with Jerry. Um, I, uh, I was born and raised in Seattle area, Washington. Uh, both my parents were Vietnamese refugees. They came over after the Vietnam War. So, you know, pretty standard, you know, American dream story. Um, I was actually a management consulting major in college. So I was all ready to hop and skip over to Chicago, work for McKinsey for the food and beverage unit. Um, could do some little trivia later and figure out who followed in my footsteps when I didn't take that role. Um, but I ended up working in college admissions um, at Notre Dame. And I, I flew all over the world, um, stayed in undergrad admissions for a while, and then went to New York for graduate school, thought I was going to actually do the corporate branding and advertising thing. Um, but then I made the, the jump to corporate recruiting at Target headquarters in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Some of the students that I had recruited ended up there. And when the economy turned around in 2010, they were like, hey, son, do you want to be a recruiter? Come on up. Um, and so I did, and I, and I loved it. And so um, I eventually moved around the country a little bit for my wife, who is an anesthesiologist now at uh, Stanford University Children's Hospital. So um, she's a sugar mama. I'm certainly living the dream here. Uh, but I met Jerry uh, during my time at Michigan uh, when I was one of the MBA admissions directors and Sherry was doing her residency. And so I went from MBA admissions, then back to the West Coast for corporate recruiting at LinkedIn, um, where I now recruit um, undergrads for the most part. Um, I've done a lot of sales training recruiting um, as well as some MBA and because of you know what's going on right now with uh, businesses I'm also going to step into some software engineering recruiting this fall. Um, so that'll be a fun cool little thing to try and do um, but yeah glad to be here. I'm happy to, to give some words of advice on recruiting and, and admissions today. All yours Carl. Hey everyone, uh, I'm, my name is Carl. My pronouns are they or he. Um, I am from Vancouver, uh, Canada. I also want to point out that it was just announced yesterday that the election in British Columbia is being pushed back one year, so everyone get out there and vote. Um, I was born and raised in Taiwan until I was uh, 10, and then I moved over uh, with my family to Vancouver. Um, yeah, I, you know, very, very typical uh, Asian Canadian passage of like wanting a better future. Um, I went to school for uh, business. Uh, I dropped out because my uh, GPA was 1.1, which is not very great, but that just goes to show you, you don't need high GPAs to accomplish things in life. Uh, yeah, so I, I moved around a lot. I did a lot of uh, different jobs and, you know, I decided to go back into school at a later age and uh, I came out with the a uh, marketing communications uh, background. Um, so I am the founder of Subtle Asian Networking. As Jerry mentioned earlier, this was found in uh, November of 2018. We have uh, over 50,000, I think almost 60,000 members right now. It's a great community um, where a lot of people come together and share their experiences. And that's uh, how I met Jerry. Jerry, you know, thank you for having me here. Um, currently, I work as an event specialist at a university. Um, so, you know, at, so also in higher education, and I get to meet so many different people. And, you know, fr from a community perspective, uh, what is happening with COVID, it's, it's definitely very difficult. We've seen a surge of posts uh, talking about how folks are having a hard time dealing with COVID and, you know, asking for tips and advice on how to navigate through all of this. But I think also this really showcased how powerful community can be because, you know, we've also seen a lot of people offer different resources, um, start up different projects to help folks who are hit by the pandemic. Uh, I know Jerry did a few things with that as well. 
um, yeah, it's, it's, community is such an important part. Um, and it, it's really incredible to have, to be able to be part of that. And, you know, it, it, it's just really great. Thanks everybody. But I want to go back to Sarah and um, get a sense of what you are hearing both from students and employers um, as we enter. And then let's focus this conversation for the time being on students uh, recruiting uh, as they graduate. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, obviously, uh, while some technology companies and professional services companies are growing and have not been negatively impacted as much and can probably and likely predict their labor force in the summer of 2021 and therefore make offers now, um, a lot of the other companies and industries that cannot predict that far out ahead, um, how are they doing? Um, unless you're going into those very specific fields, the vast majority of students um, what are some of the things that you're hearing and what are some of the things that you and your team are advising to students uh, to help them uh, make sense of all this? So with bigger companies, even though that they are hiring, we're seeing that their recruiting is different this year. So typically for on-campus recruiting, employers will come to campus, do information sessions, come to career fairs, but because we're all virtual, that's not happening. But not only is that not happening, they're not actually even necessarily coming to the schools. So students have to be really aware and smart about how they're doing their searches. I think just going to their school uh, career services management platform, um, just only going to their school's websites, that's not going to be sufficient enough this season. Um, I think it's really important for students to, you know, look on LinkedIn, follow their employers that they're interested in. I think that, um, you know, that's, that's a big shift for uh, coming from a smaller institution. I think that that is a huge shift for our students and a big learning curve that we're trying to get that message out. Um, I think that, you know, uh, what we're finding with employers, I mean, again, it's kind of all over the place. I think that there are some employers that don't have headcount, but they're still recruiting sort of blindly. And we've been told that, you know, um, employers are anticipating hiring. They just don't know how many. Um, we're also seeing on a bigger scale uh, fall hiring, which typically is in August, September, early October, is getting pushed to November. November and early January um, for fall recruiting. Uh, so, you know, I think that, again, there are a lot of opportunities for students to engage with these employers in the meantime. Um, I would definitely recommend networking, and I'm sure my colleagues can talk a little bit more about that and some strategies. But, um, you know, in, in any recession, in any economy, in any environment you're in, Networking and connecting is how you're going to get opportunities. It's not going to just be that application that you submit, right? Um, you're, if you're only submitting through an HR website and that's it, I'll tell you then you're probably going to have a harder time, right? And so we definitely would recommend you connecting with alumni um, through different networking groups, professional organizations, find connections. Just because you don't have them doesn't mean that you can't create them and you actually have the time and space to do that now. You also have the time and space to skill up. So this is a really unique time for students where, you know, because of this uncertainty, uh, there is this time, right? So I know for Harvey Mudd, we have this interesting time between uh, when classes will end and the beginning of spring semester, a much longer winter break that might be a great opportunity to do job shadowing, to do a bunch of informational interviews, to take some online classes, um, to build up your resume, to make those connections. And all of that will be valuable, not only for the short term, but you can carry all of that throughout your whole career. Thank you for that. I, I think it is, um, while it's been very challenging, there are obviously opportunities um, that everybody uh, can take advantage of, uh, for example, um, you no longer need to ask for a lot of time for a conversation. Um, you know, I, I think our, uh, while some of us may feel like we're working more, um, we've eliminated uh, drive time, we've eliminated 
uh, walking to and from meeting time and even waiting for people time. And so what that means is that a lot of professionals may have additional 10, 15 minutes for them to jump on a Zoom call with you rather than making accommodations that might have uh, been burdensome prior to that. Um, while realizing that um, we on the uh, professional side are probably getting a little bit more requests and a little bit more um, requests for our time, um, which we are happy to help, but also keep that in mind as we go. Um, Chloe asks uh, a little early, but what is the best way to contact everybody? Uh, we'll send a follow-up email after the event. Um, the the go-to answer is LinkedIn, um, uh, simply so that uh, you know it's it's a little bit easier. Um, if you want to, I, I don't know everybody else's uh, tags, but Sun is literally LinkedIn.com/slash/dot-in/slash/sun. So if you if you can't remember that. Um, uh, different conversation, but uh, you can go look at, uh, or, or just look at people as we're talking right now. Uh, keep us in your ear and uh, check out other folks' resume. Um, Sarah, you mentioned a lot about networking and you mentioned a lot about the importance of going above and beyond, you know, the traditional methods of just applying or, you know, um, what was once just going to all the career center events. And, and now, even though those may be virtual, um, as we mentioned, it is really going to be doing that extra thing of reaching out, networking and building relationships. Um, Carl, you've been in the center of networking within our community for quite some time. Um, you moderate the conversations. You see what questions come in. Um, how have you seen the tone and the mood of the community change over the last six months? And what are some things that are uh, key skills that folks listening can learn um, specifically about making connections uh, with relevant people within their industry? So uh, over this pandemic, I, the, the mood is everyone's a little more angsty, I think, um, you know, given everything. A lot of you don't know what stresses people are going through financial, you know, like taking care of their kids and all that kind of stuff. So I think the first step is really be understanding if people don't respond to you, just like take, take a moment. Right. And I think some of the key skills, uh, you know, I some of the advice that I've seen, I see the most the most efficient advice that I've seen is really just be direct and honest. Uh, a lot of folks are often, you know, crafting these like huge, like long-winded messages. And when as I, I've received a lot of those as well, and for me, it's just like just get to the point, right? <laughs> like, you know, I don't mind spending time with you, but I don't want to spend wasted time when you can just you know directly get to the point and let me know what this conversation is about and that really also sets a tone for all uh future conversations to be had um another one is just don't be afraid to reach out uh, something that i see over and over and over again in my group is people saying the worst thing someone can say is no right or they just don't even respond and then you just move on and you know and and there's no there's very very rarely would you know asking someone something Gain, like make you lose something you know um it, it, it's and what what the what the number of uh the, the amount of time that people have gained uh through this um i've i've seen a shift in people becoming more uh you know more self-reflective looking into themselves and that's something that i really encourage everyone to do uh that's something i have done as well a lot of my colleagues have done that just really take a moment sit down and Look and you know really determine what your values are, what your what your skill sets are, what you want. A lot of people they just go out and like start applying for jobs everywhere. Um, I obviously finances that is a big concern, but also you know look look into doing something that you actually care about. You know this is a time where you can take a small break and really set the course for your future. This it's a horrible pandemic that we're going through but it's also a very rare opportunity. This whole pandemic has forced everyone to take a break from a lot of things. And I think this is, you know, like for, for folks who are looking for jobs or coming out of school, it's a make the best out of a bad situation and go somewhere with this whole situation. Excellent. Thanks for that. Um, I find a lot of value in the group. If, if you're joining us um, and you found out about this webinar and uh, event, not through Subtle Asian Networking Under the Methods, um, please do join. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in there. So, uh, you know, the information that you might get would not be very specific. But if you also ask your question in a very specific way, um, 
you know, uh, I'm sure Carl and his team moderate the conversation as well. So those very vague questions don't actually make it to the group because they're not that helpful to the discussion. But be very direct um, with what you're asking. Be as specific as you can because the answer actually to a lot of your questions is going to be, it depends. But for folks to provide actual helpful guidance to where you need to get to, we need to know as much information about your situation as possible. And also realize that asking a Facebook group of 56,000 people might not be your best way to get the best answer. And so uh, you're going to want to jump on a platform like LinkedIn or other places to go actually find the expert advice that uh, will be actually helpful to you. Um, so let's go to you and get your take on things. Um, you've definitely had a robust career from both sides of school and professional. Um, you work now at a company that whose mission is literally to connect the professional world through uh, you know, content and through engagement and all that. Um, suffice it to say, it also has not been a very good year for LinkedIn. Um, you've recently had to say goodbye to some very good friends and colleagues of yours as LinkedIn in itself has had to pivot um, because folks are just not, companies are not spending as much money on platforms and, you know, things as they used to. And with the, you know, uncertain future that, um, not to say that it's all going to be bad, it's just uncertain. Um, folks had to scale back. Um, what are some things specific to networking on your platform or things that you can share um, that you've seen work well? Um, we've all received the uh, over, overzealous messages from either students or anybody else in our in-mail box, um, folks asking for way too much time without really being cognizant of our limited resource as well. Um, and, and so we did get some questions prior to uh, during the RSVP process that I wanna specifically ask you. What is a good way to cold email or cold message somebody on LinkedIn uh, without coming off as creepy or stalkerish, um, which is how Arine asked the question. So Arine, thanks for asking that question and, and son, help us uh, get better, be become better uh, cold messagers. Yeah, um, you know, I'll, I'll start by saying, you know, uh, we're on LinkedIn because because we want to help, right? Whether whether you see my posts or Sarah's or Carl's or Jerry's, you know, we, we try to always offer up something whenever we make a post. Um, whether you post a lot or a little, you know, there, there is value to be added, um, whether it's content or, or just posting a job. Um, I do want to real quick share a little link there in the chat. Um, uh, one of our editors, news editors, kind of has this running list of companies that are hiring. So feel free to take a look there. It's, it, it, that list is pretty big. It's all over the place. So you may see um, tech industry, you may see service industry, you may see banking. It really is a wide list, but take a look and kind of get some some pretty interesting macro view of who's advertising they're hiring. Um, I think to answer the question, you know, um, I, I really do believe in like specific asks. I, I know Carl just mentioned this a second ago, but I, I think the way to think about it is is help us help you, right? I think details are perfectly fine. Um, I think if if you're following somebody and you know what they post about and you know what they like, it's okay to mention it. You know, like, not that I'm giving away the farm here, but if if someone writes a message to me and, and asks me about Notre Dame or someone writes to Jerry and asks us about USC, we're probably going to respond one way or the other, right? So if you look at our posts, you read our summaries. Our summary is like our elevator pitch. You know, if you look at that, that gives you a pretty good amount um, of, of a mini, minimum amount of info to, to reach out to us on. Um, I think another cool little tip right now, um, I've been giving a lot of people advice on on kind of their headline. So your headline has, you know, your pictures right here. And underneath your picture is just like a open string of, of words or things you can put on. A lot of times the default is student at Cal Poly or um, engineer at, at Gartner, right? I would take that opportunity to brand yourself. And, and if you're looking for a job, don't say looking for opportunities. Turn it into, you know, aspiring marketing professional or you know data nerd looking for job in bi right like i think those are quick little easy things to, to at least give us a really quick snapshot of who you are um but i think details are completely okay to, to the earlier question and i want to echo those statements um robert asked in the chat room how can i improve my linkedin profile for a recruiter to find me um i don't know if recruiters are finding you as much as you are making them want to stay to learn more about you um once they have a reason to come on your page, right? So uh, recruiters are probably inundated with stuff that is asking of their time. So I, I don't think that they're, you know, going to random folks profiles to say, hey, unless there's a keyword that triggers that, right? Or maybe you applied or you looked at their profile so they get the notification 
And so they'd be curious to say, hey, Robert looked at my profile the last couple of times in the week. I wonder what he is all about. Um, and so I want to build on what Sun has said and share with you my three tips on the most uh, valuable yet underutilized pieces of real estate on a LinkedIn profile. Um, so these are fun numbers that if you are a uh, nerd uh, data, I don't know, a copywriting, marketing, branding nerd as I am, uh, your professional headline that Sun mentioned is 120 characters. Most people probably use about 30 to say, you know, uh, recruiter at LinkedIn or, you know, like Sun mentioned, use that space, right? Because it also is what comes out on notifications as your byline if you're looking at somebody else's profile or if you're commenting, if somebody's hovering over your name. And so that's that. Your summary, it's 2,000 characters. That's huge. And so, right, imagine or, you know, have somebody do it for you, swap your responsibilities with a friend, but write a bio about you that accentuate the best of you that don't require somebody to go down to your LinkedIn profile and look at every job and every logo and to read all the bullet points. If it is true, as they say in the resume world, that a recruiter looks at a resume for an average of six seconds, that's not far off from how long people are looking at your webpage before either they get distracted or they get disinterested and they move on. So there's a lot of, you know, and there's, although you can't like HTML that part, you can use line breaks, you can use a lot of different things. Use emojis, get creative, especially if you are going into specific industries that allow for that. Um, and then number three, um, build a custom image behind your profile picture. There is a space there, um, you know, if it's empty, it's fine. If it's a picture of your campus, that's also fine. But if you are spe uh, specifically in a creative field um, where it is design or branding or something, that should be where you actually showcase your portfolio or your capabilities in a way that pops. So, uh, you know, we, we call this optimizing your LinkedIn profile. There's certainly a lot of other webinars and a lot of other courses that can tackle this specific issue. Um, but when I look at LinkedIn profiles and when folks ask me to help with them, with theirs, I look at those three things because those are actually the first top three things that come out on your thing outside of your profile picture. Um, and so if those don't pop, it's really hard to go down. And so, um, you know, recommendations or, you know, rewards or all these things that live at the bottom of the profile, those don't get looked at unless you get those top three things correct. Yeah, totally. 100%, Jerry. Uh, while, while Jerry did mention picture, I do want to say one quick thing about your profile picture. Um, like for us, we, we really care about privacy. So your default setting makes it to where people can't see your photo um, unless you opt into second degree or first degree or making it generally public. As comfortable as you are setting about it, open it up as much as you are comfortable because our, our data scientists tell us that if you've got a profile picture visible to the public or whoever you're trying to interact with, it's 21% more times likely to be engaged with because we want to know you're a real person. That's what people are all about, right? So minor stat, there you go. And I'll give one extra tip. Uh, obviously, if you have, this is your professional resume. So put a picture that represents you in the best light. If the best photo of you is at a social event or um, somebody's arm or shoulder is on you, um, Google background remover, or go on Canva, um, use things so that at least it's just your head on a white background, which will probably be much better received than, oh, this is obviously a party picture that they cropped out. Um, again, it's not to say that those things will eliminate you from contention, but there are all things being equal, that might be a tiebreaker. And in a world of limited information and quick judgment, um, you really wanna put your uh, best foot forward in, in terms of that. Um, so let, let's go to you. Um, we have, uh, so Chloe asks a question. Uh, when a candidate reaches out to you, um, and this is uh, geared towards recruiters, but if you can help us sort of answer the question for her, um, what are some of the ways that they can give back to you? Or I guess the question, and, and Chloe, I know you're on, um, help us clarify this question. What are some ways that students can stand out by asking thoughtful questions to the recruiter? Um, what are some of the feedback items that you get from recruiters from their experiences with your students that shine or that make them cringe that we can learn from? 
So I think that as far as messaging, um, I think that if you are genuine and authentic, that can come across in text messaging, not like on your phone, but like in an email or um, on LinkedIn uh, uh, message, right? Um, you know, I think that faux pas might be, you know, not getting to the point um, or completely using a template. And, you know, I've definitely heard of recruiters saying that when students use a template, they're not looking at the details carefully and they'll put the wrong company name or the wrong person's name. Um, you know, I, I get messages all the time and people write Susan. And I'm like, I don't even know who your, my sister's name is Suzanne. I can kind of see how that might be a mix up, but like, I don't get Susan and I don't think it's any affiliation with my sister. Um, that irks me when people message me that way. Um, you know, I think that being smart and um, tailored is really important in your messaging. Does that answer your question, Chloe? Uh, we got a few, oh, expanding on the question on giving back to mentors and recruiters. When Sun mentioned, helping, help me help you by doing our due diligence and research, I wanted to hear about it in reverse. I wanted to know if I can help back in any way, connecting others or offering something otherwise. Sorry, I was typing out. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I definitely think. Yeah, it doesn't have to be an immediate reciprocal relationship, right? Like, if you're reaching out, you don't have to get back immediately. That will come. That's the beauty of a relationship. A genuine, like, reciprocal relationship, it's ongoing. It's give and take. We've all met people who just reach out to you when they need something or want something, right? That is not actually a, a effective relationship, right? Um, you know, this the person that you're reaching out to for help, they might reach out to you in five years, two weeks, three months, whenever it might be, and ask you something that's not even career related. It might be something like, you know, can you teach my kid how to uh, ice skate or something like that based on your hobbies, right? So, um, it, you know, I wouldn't uh, feel too bad not being able to give something back immediately that that will come and as long as you are genuine about that and authentic to whomever you're working with or whomever you're building that relationship with they'll know that awesome thank you there's a lot of uh, anxiety under understandably so um, from people who are looking for jobs um, but there's a lot of anxiety from people who have jobs um, right now, whether they are uncertain about their uh, future short-term employment potential. Um, but in other cases, and, and we don't want to be all about uh, doom and gloom, but you know, uh, there's a lot of job switches going on right now because some industries are still thriving and there are relocations happening because people are working from home. So for the very first time, maybe somebody who wants to live in a lower rent part of the country can work for a tech company, you know, situated in the Bay or elsewhere um, for at least I'll say, hey, I'll just try it out for a year and, and, and see if we can do that. And, and so um, how are, and this can be to anybody, um, one, how, how do we deal with um, folks who are dealing with the security of a job that might not be the best fit for them versus the risk and the FOMO-ness of it all of trying to continue to look for things? Um, is this a time where we should just be grateful for what we have and stay put? Um, what, what is the risk tolerance that people should be considering for those folks um, who have jobs and might be using this opportunity to uh, jump around or explore new opportunities? I, I think, Jerry, we didn't practice this, but Jerry, I think you've got a pretty good answer with your life and journey and career, too. Um, but I think, you know, from, from my point of view, um, especially on a career platform and networking site, um, really got to think about the difference between whether or not you just don't like your current job or if it's just your current role or you just don't like having to put in the work to get where you where you want to go right like if you're in a dead-end job and you know it's not for you that's one thing but you also got to remember like there aren't any shortcuts like to, you have to actually get the time and take the time to be really good at something and that's when you can actually make some real moves so if you're still early in your career there is some element 
to like the grind, I'm not calling it pay your dues. Like I'm not thinking about hazing. I'm not thinking about all that stuff, right? I'm, I'm really talking about just building a good foundation. And some of that work isn't always the best. Um, but yeah, risk tolerance. I mean, I tend to be one that says, if you look yourself in the mirror for so many days in a row and you just don't like what you're doing, you probably should make a change. I'll, I'll hope to inspire some people who uh, should quit. And so uh, two years ago, <laughs> Um, after business school, I, I did what a good business school student was supposed to do. And I went into strategy consulting. Um, I was making good money, but I was leaving my family every week, Monday through Thursday, often across multiple time zones. Um, and, and so you have to really ask yourself why, you know, what, what are you doing this for? Who are you doing this for? Is it you? Is it somebody else? And ultimately, um, you know, 2020, one of the things that I think has become crystal clear to us um, is the, you know, the, the realities of a finite life. Um, as, as the world turns, um, I hope that everybody has taken the time to introspect and to really prioritize what is important to you. And if the thing that you are showing up for every day and understanding that it is that much harder because many of us are literally feet away from our bed working and that separation of work and life is no longer present physically, um, ask yourself if that's what you want to be doing. And if the answer is no, um, walk away. And when you walk away, you have to commit yourself to working your tail off at something else that you want to make your name on, right? So um, two years ago, I was a strategy consultant. About a, years ago, about a year ago, um, I was an account director at WeWork. And now I am building a couple of businesses around podcasting and career coaching. Like if you ask any of my classmates from three years ago or people that Sunday night knew collectively at Michigan, um, it's not probably, a lot of them are thinking, what the hell is Jerry doing? He went to business school. You're not supposed to do that. Um, and so that's supposed to, that should, which is really, especially in the Asian context of our parents expecting us to do one, two, three things, right? Like, look, you're looking at four Asian Americans who are in career services, an entrepreneur in the podcasting space, a recruiter, and an events person building online communities. We're not, none of the four things are on the menu of what our parents would have approved of, of us, but uh, we love what we do Exi at the core of what we all, the four of us do is to help people, right? So uh, find your passion. Um, and, and this is a simple exercise that you can do that I actually did. Um, and which really helped me realize that consulting was not for me. I was invited to speak two summers ago at an elementary school to a bunch of 10 year olds in South LA to inspire them to do great things with their lives. It's called Inspire Week at uh, Global Education Academy. It's a school that I now have the pleasure of serving on the board of. Um, but uh, I had to stand in front of a classroom full of 10-year-olds and they asked me three questions. What do you do? Why do you love it? And why should we do, why should we strive to do what you do? I couldn't answer any of those three questions, honestly. And if you can't explain to a 10-year-old why you do, what you, why you love it, and why they should strive to be you, you should walk away. And so, um, wow, now we got a bunch of questions. This is awesome. <laughs> um, Ariana asks, uh, answer live, uh, how do I utilize my connections when job searching? Is it too direct if I go along the lines of, I am interested in this position in your company? Um, I'm assuming this is asking your friends or networking or your connections on LinkedIn for referrals or for conversations around that. Um, Carl, let's go to you. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, like, what is the mood of the community when you ask those questions? How would you feel if you, somebody, you know, um, is, should people be looking at it as a, you know, an ends to a means of I'm going to talk to Jerry or Carl to help me get an introduction somewhere? Or is that what friends are supposed to do for each other? I, I honestly think this question, it varies person to person, right? Like for me, I, I would hate it if someone's just like, hey, you work at this company, can you connect me with this person? I'd be like, who the heck are you? Like, why would I do this for you, right? I, for me personally, I, I'd like it if there was, you know, some context about what they want to do, like how they found me, that kind of stuff. But of course, like in, in the group itself, I've also heard um, other stories where they just randomly reached out to someone and, you know, like, and they made a connection and they got the job the next day. So I think really understanding who you're talking to, that's so important. And I think on top of that, you know, uh, it, this is a little bit off topic from that, but mentorship, right? Mentorship is like the, I think the most important 
part of all of this, having a mentor mentee sort of relationship help helps me want to help you, right? Because, you know, if I have a mentee, like their success reflects on me a little bit, right? Like, so, you know, have establishing that relationship and, you know, on Subtle Asian Networking, we have uh, over 2000 pairs of uh, mentors and mentees, right? So go out and see exactly what kind of, who, who is in that industry that you want to get into, who is there, start asking them questions, um, you know, be, be direct, but don't be, uh, what's that word? Just don't, don't be needy. Uh, I know I said earlier that the worst one can say is no, or just ignore you. Um, but also, you know, re respect people's times and, you know, their, their, their time is also valuable. Excellent. Um, Robert, I just want to acknowledge your question um, about a specific exam that is a county government job and follow it up with um, uh, specific things like that, unless anybody on the panel has knowledge to that uh, specific question. I think it's better reserved um, either either for a uh, ask, look, looking for people on LinkedIn who have that or work there, um, but none of us work in that public sector. So unfortunately, that is a question that uh, we won't be able to address. Um, but I thank you for your question. Um, Jason Eng, uh, how do you continue to build relationships with people you first reach out to? How do you maintain relationships after you've said your hellos and it, the conversation kind of comes to a pause? We'll open this to anybody. Uh, this is a personal uh, practice that I do. Um, I take reasons to reach out to people again. So actually the pandemic has been fantastic for reconnecting with people, right? So, you know, and it makes sense, right? You're just messaging them saying, hey, I was just thinking about you. Hope you are doing really well. I'd love to catch up, right? And that's all you have to write. And I think that has been really a great excuse to connect with people, reconnect with people. Um, another thing that I try to do is um, sometimes I, I need triggers to remind me and I don't have like a, a CRM, personal CRM or anything, but like for my personal contacts, I use the holidays as a reason to reach out. Um, and then if I miss that deadline, I have New Year's. And then if I miss that deadline, I have Lunar New Year. <laughs> and so I have like three chances to reconnect with people once a year. Um, and again, it's just, you know, touching base, uh, just letting them know that, you know, they, they're still very important to me and what I, what's happening in my life and, you know, what they had to be part of that. Um, and so that personally, on a personal level, that's worked for me. Awesome. Uh, we have a question that came in through the RSVP and it's from uh, Ariana. Hello, Ariana. Go blue. Um, how important is a first person's full-time job out of college? What if I don't like it, but it looks good on a resume? And so I want to make this fun. Um, let's go around the room and share with, you guys all know what we do currently. And let's share with the audience what our actual first time job out of college was. If you want to date yourself, be bold and tell us how long ago that was. And if logically, uh, so my first job, I graduated college in December of 2004. Uh, and in January of 2005, uh, I was a sales associate for a national home builder selling homes for active adults, which is a code word for 55 and older, in a place I would never want to go back to in Bakersfield, California. And so 15 years, if you said one person starts selling homes in Bakersfield in 2005, it would take a lot of different turns and twists and nonlinear direction for me to end up where I am. And so uh, you are not, that is not your last chapter of your career story. Um, Son, what was your first job? I finished college in May of 2003. Um, and then in June of 2003, I stayed at Notre Dame and was an admissions counselor. Um, I did it for six years. Was super lucky, though. I mean, um, just thankful to work for a school with resources. I was flying around the world to like Asia, Australia, India at the age of 22, shaking hands and kissing babies and telling stories about Notre Dame and my fight in Irish. So it's a good start. Great times. Awesome. Uh, Carl, what was your first job out of school? 
Uh, it was my first job, but I think it's very relevant to this. Uh, the, the program that I took specifically was because at the end of it, it guarantees a 10-week internship mm. um, at, at the very end of it, right? So it's kind of like a, a stepping stone into uh, a, you know, a career. And I was stressing over this so bad because I thought, you know, if I screw up my very first one, my internship, like the, the trajectory of my future is just going to go downhill. <laughs> and, you know, I talked to my, my professors and instructors about it and I was like crying. I was so stressed out. And they told me this isn't this isn't like a stamp on you forever, right? Like it's your first one, but it's not your last one. There are so many different directions that you can go with it. And I was like, okay, cool. So I ended up at a uh, social media agency. Uh, I hated it. I hated it so much. Um, and you know, it, it, even with my my professors, you know, reassurance, I was still pretty stressed out because you know, on my resume, the first thing I'm not going to be able to use them as a reference just because I hated it so much. I didn't maintain a good relationship, which is awful. Y'all should try to maintain a decent relationship, but I was younger. I didn't do that. But um, you know, just it's it, I and I ended up where I am and I'm doing okay. So, you know, I, I think, I think, Ariana, I think you're okay. <laughs> Sarah, first job. Oh, I barely talk about this. So <laughs> this is going to be fun. Um, I was a hall director at a university in Western North Carolina and I only lasted six months. And I did not even fulfill my contract. I paid back money. Um, I was done. And the day that I quit was the day someone hunted a deer and was skinning it in the bathroom. And I was like, I am out. And so that was my very last day. <laughs> um, it is a blip in your whole career. It, it, I agree with Carl. It's not a stamp on you. Um, I don't even talk about it. Like people don't even know I was in res life. So, and you know, rightfully so it, it wasn't a pleasant experience at all. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we got about 10 minutes here. So if you have any pressing questions, uh, please do uh, put them either in the chat box or in the Q and a form. Um, and, and I want to reiterate what everybody said. And I think it's a wonderful question um, because if you're in school and you're racing towards the next hurdle, right? Because the American education system, whether you agree with it or not, is just a series of hurdles um, to get through the next grade, to get through to the next school, to pass the next class, to get the best, you know, standardized testing score, so on and so forth. But when you get to this thing called the career post-grad, it seems like this giant plateau and you're technically there's there's no more steps. And so because that's the way we were conditioned to think, especially in our, uh, you know, very well-intentioned however, perhaps wrongly guided uh, traditional uh, Asian parents, we're very goal-oriented. So we think that the goal is promotion. We think that the goal is the next achievable, tangible thing. And, and so uh, we were never really coached or we were never really thought, taught about impact or happiness or a combination of those two things. And so it's okay to walk away from a situation that doesn't seem right I know, and I felt this way too for a long time, is this silly fear of judgment of a short resume stint or even a resume gap, which then uh, encourages you or you know, uh, burdens you or guilt you into staying in a situation far longer than you ever, ever should have. Um, and, and I will say, and, and I may be in the minority here, and I hope more people join me, that if I'm interviewing somebody to join my company and they say that place sucked and I walked away, I would have far more respect for that person because that is leadership, right? That is prioritizing yourself and not being, and that's being a leader. And that's not really, you know, um, laying down your values. And there are companies, unfortunately, out there that want lemmings, that want yes men, that don't want you to uh, challenge the status quo, but fully realize that if you join those organizations that you're, um, ability to be authentic and however you define it is, is going to be limited. Um, so uh, keep, keep that in mind. Um, I have no shame in admitting that I've been fired more than once in my life. Um, I have had many jobs that have lasted months. Um, and, you know, I, though I am not at a place where I would, you know, like to be at this point, I also know that I have 
decades of history to write for myself. And um, I get to do this. I get to talk to fun people for a living now um, without, um, you know, people giving me crap. Um, I actually had a, a senior manager in consulting uh, pull me aside and scold me not for the content that I was posting on LinkedIn, but the perceived frequency on which that I was on the platform because the algorithm is not that good. And if you're active, you're on everybody's feeds. And so she thought that I was just on the platform all the time instead of working on the client stuff. And so I was like, you're not even going to give me crap for the thing that I'm writing. You're giving me crap about the fact that I'm actually like commenting stuff. Anyway, uh, suffice it to say, um, that was a really interesting experience. Um, ooh, our very first anonymous question. Uh, <laughs> any advice for Asian Canadians with graduate degrees in history, arts, looking for jobs with higher ed or public policy uh, in the U.S.? Um, Sarah, any thoughts here? Visa question. I guess this is a multi multi layered question of visa and uh, industry and and, and uh, passion. I can't emphasize enough networking is going to give you a lot of clarity, not only networking with people who might come with similar challenges with visas, uh, but also, you know, getting your foot in the door in higher education. Um, I know that I don't think I've ever gotten a job in higher ed that I didn't network beforehand, right? And so I know for me, um, you know, I mentioned before, my whole career has been in higher ed, uh, but at one point in my life, I was a, a, a trailing spouse. And so I would do blind moves. And, you know, I was living in, you know, Athens, Georgia, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, I, I knew nobody. I had no support system. And so I created that support system um, and connected with people to be able to build that community and build opportunities for myself. Network. I'm happy to uh, anonymous attendee. I, you know, I have to connect with you offline. <laughs> if you have any questions? Network, network, network. Um, and, and be authentic. You know, I, I know we've covered it a lot, but as we near the end of our session today, um, network is about authenticity, and network is lifelong. Um, do your homework. Uh, I've been called different names. I've been mistaken for different people who work at different companies. And those are automatic either deletes or um, I'm just going to very kindly tell you that you goofed up. And although you might be embarrassed, hope that people take it away as a lesson to actually do their homework. Um, you know, I know people on LinkedIn who put emojis in front of their first name so that if they're using a bot of some sort, that they know exactly which ones are being scraped. Um, cause it, a logical reason, real human being would not say hello, you know, podcast microphone, Jerry. Um, so un unfortunately I'm, I'm still shocked, you know, like, I, I don't know if those cold blind emails work. They must work to a certain degree for people to continue to do it. Um, I have no idea. Um, anonymous attendee number two, I'm loving my first job out of college, but wonder how to build up my career now. How should I think about moving up? Um, can you get us a little bit more context on that question? I think that would help us answer that question better. Um, off to the next question. Uh, how should, would you could reconnect with someone you tried to connect a few years back? Uh, there again, give us a little bit more context. Did you make the connection? Did they write back or is it sitting in a open-ended in mailbox in purgatory? Um, while those two folks uh, give us a little bit more context on that, uh, off to the chat box where we have do you all have MBAs and postgrad degrees? I've been out of college for a couple of years and have been working a corporate job. I've always wanted an MBA, but the more I think about it now, I'm slowly realizing that it may be because it'll be just something else to put on my resume and not sure that I actually want to concentrate in. Yes. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I think uh, as, as, as somebody who uh, has an MBA that is doing something now that has nothing to do with an MBA, um, it is a degree and an experience and a network builder that will help you for your life. If you see it as something tactical to help you get the first job, one, I think you're miscalculating the value of that degree and the experience, and you're going to approach the program and the entire experience in such a um, Machiavellian sort of a, you know, uh, ROI perspective, a financial ROI perspective that you're going to miss making your best friends and having the best fun out of it. Um, because it's not about the degree. Um, 
you know, I, I produce podcasts for a living and I coach people. Nobody asks me where I went to school, right? Like that's not a thing. Um, whereas that was a more of a thing when I was in corporate life, right? So it depends what you want to do in five, 10, 20 years. And if you need that, think about it. Um, but it is, um, I, I would, I don't, I'm not envious of anybody considering business school right now because the world is so uh, topsy-turvy. Um, schools are raising tuition, going virtual at the same time. Like it doesn't make sense. Um, apps are down. Depending on how the election turns out, we may not have any international students next year. So some of you might be thinking, this is my chance to go to a better school. Maybe. Um, like, think about all that, right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, thank you for asking that question. Um, and Chloe says, rest in peace to all the messages in Inbox Purgatory. Yes. Um, oh, uh, do you guys have time for like a few more questions? Yes. Okay. If you have to jump off, please jump off. I know uh, we're, we're nearing um, what would traditionally be happy hour time in the West Coast, but um, I guess we can start drinking on air now. Um, uh, anonymous attendee, uh, if someone responded saying a general love to stay connected here on LinkedIn, however, you haven't reached out back in multiple years, how should you reconnect? Um, anybody? <laughs> I, I think Sarah basically answered this uh, earlier, right? Just, just, you know, find an excuse to go out and re reach back out to them. Like, again, pandemic, horrible thing, great excuse to talk to people. Do your homework on what their interests are, what their industry is, what sort of news articles or things that might be of interest to them. Uh, the magic happens in the comments. So if you find an article tag them in there and saying, hey, son, I think you might find this interesting. Or, hey, I read this and I thought of you. Um, there's a lot of little psychological reasons why tagging somebody in a public post and asking a uh, follow-up question gets them to respond, you, respond to you, or at least they'll say, hey, thanks. But at least then you've reset the clock of the last time you've touched base with them, right? So then the next time you message them, it won't be oh my God, this person ghosted me from three years ago. It's, oh, and, and just continue to do that, right? Not in a creepy way, right? Like don't do it every day, but if it makes sense or, you know, if they post something, like actually read the damn thing and then write a thoughtful response to it. Um, you know, no, no emojis, no thumbs ups, no great post, you know, like actual thoughtful comments because um, those ones will get responded to. Um, Awesome. Last question. We'll make this the last one, I think, from Danielle, unless somebody can get one in real quick. Um, I'm a marketing graduate and my company has extended my internship uh, rather than offering me a full time. Yikes. Uh, next week marks the end of uh, what would have what is going to be a nine month internship and they have not brought anything up. I am planning to ask this Thursday if they try to extend the internship again, instead of talking about the full time, should I quit and move on? Or what, what is the advice here for Danielle? So it uh, looks like she's a graduate, but has taken a short-term internship, which has now extended into a nine-month internship. And they keep pressing reset instead of having a full-time discussion. I think context matters in this case. You know, I would maybe talk to your manager, supervisor to maybe see if you can get a better idea of what the landscape looks like. Um, you know, if, is this short term? Is this something that, you know, they're uh, trying to build your skills up and maybe this is an opportunity for you to, you know, um, meet some, you know, position requirements. Um, I know that some of my uh, students have done that. They were hired as an intern um, for a full-time position until they were able to build their skills up for the full-time role and it transitioned. Um, I think uh, trying to find out more would be helpful. Awesome. Thank you. Let's do final thoughts. Um, you know, we are, again, if, if you are graduating or if you're in graduate school, you are in the thick of recruiting. I cannot stress how empathetic I feel to you, uh, with you. Um, recruiting in person is hard enough. Um, but to do it in a virtual format, um, 
we can argue and, and make our cases about how uh, discriminatory that might feel or how that actually uh, puts non-native speakers and other uh, folks of uh, their various backgrounds at a disadvantage when we do things virtually. Um, and so if you're out there uh, looking for work um, in school, um, we, we wish you all the luck and the strength. Um, if you are looking for work, um, I, I've been there uh, many times. It sucks. Um, it's okay to admit that it sucks. Um, and it's hard because you're not getting to leave the house as often and there's not a lot of social activities to distract you from the stress of all that. Um, find community where you can. Uh, connect with people. Um, there are good people everywhere that are willing to help. A lot of free resources, some paid resources that actually might have more ROI for you if you can get value out of it. Um, but find people who are going through the same thing. Um, somebody mentioned earlier, I think, Sarah, it was you during winter break. Um, you know, job shadowing is a, a fun discussion right now because everything is virtual. Um, but, you know, to the extent that, you know, uh, you can ask for people's time or however it is, um, find ways for you to stay engaged and to upskill. Last bit, I don't think any reasonable human being is ever going to give you crap for resume blunders, gaps, or U-turns in 2020. We're all going through this together. Um, we've all been impacted, and we know people who've been even more impacted than we have through this pandemic. So um, no matter what your friends and family might be telling you about what other people are doing, um, it's a terrible time. And so let's, let's take what we're going through in the context of all that's going on globally and you know, uh, be, be grateful for our health, be grateful for progress. And, uh, you know, this will be um, hopefully just a chapter in our country and our global and our personal careers where uh, we can really springboard from this uh, to improve wherever we are going. So uh, we'll go in reverse order that we started from. And then uh, Carl, start us off with your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, yeah, this really freaking sucks. Everything going on right now, it really sucks. But I, I think, you know, my my main main tips are just, you know, be authentic and be assertive. Put yourself out there. Um, you know, there there are so many things going on out there. There are so many entrepreneurial people that have you know started different things during this pandemic because they're stuck at home and all that kind of stuff. So you know, like you you don't know what you can't do until you try to do it and you don't know what the result will be until you do it. So, you know, uh, stay strong. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think from uh, my end, um, I probably say be intentional right now. Um, it's one of those times where I get the desperate times call for desperate measures, but I mean, Details really matter. Like if, if you're going to do something, I think you do it right. I think you really consider it. Um, you know, like for me, if I'm looking on a resume, it, may, it might be one bullet point that gets you the job. It might be one sentence in your cover letter, right? So just really think about what you're doing and don't just like mass throw things out there. Um, you know, I always like to say that, you know, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So whatever you do, have a plan for it. I think grace and self-care is really important uh, for others, but most importantly for yourself. Um, I think the intention piece, some that you mentioned, uh, absolutely, I agree. Sometimes, um, you know, we're talking about all the things that you can do during this time, but sometimes self-care and taking a step back is what you need to be ready to take action. Right. And so I think Carl was mentioning, you know, aligning values, you know, um, introspection. This this really take that opportunity to do that, um, to take care of yourself from mental health to uh, physical health. It will all come together um, and, you know, put yourself in a place where you're connecting with others so that other people can also support you to be able to help you get where you'd like to be in the long run. Um, you know, one thing that I, the, a huge reason why I'm in career services is because I want to help students connect with career paths. And 
I think the hardest realization I had in college was it, college was when I realized it was not about meritocracy anymore. It was not about how good your grades were. It wasn't about how hard you worked. It really was about who you knew and all these nuances to career success that I did not know anything about. And what I want to do in my career is help other people know what these nuances are. What is that hidden curriculum that will help you succeed? And there's so much to that curriculum that you know we haven't even touched, you know, and I think that these career chats, Jerry, are fantastic. And I think that, you know, people tune in to you and hear your advice and advice from others, um, you'll be able to tune into that hidden curriculum and, and succeed. Thank you, everybody. Um, thank you to the folks who've joined us here live today on Tuesday, the 22nd. If you're listening to this as a replay on our podcast, I thank you as well uh, for tuning in. Um, if you are a student or somebody looking for work and you found value in this, uh, we are so grateful that we were able to help. If you are not, uh, I encourage you to consider sharing this episode out uh, to somebody in your life that might need to hear it. Um, it is a challenging time. And so uh, let's be there for each other. Um, a, a direct, uh, I guess, reminder uh, to, to vote if you haven't. Um, all these things that we're going through, um, it may happen again in the future as the world turns. And so we want to make sure that we are prepared uh, personally and as a family, but more importantly, as a country and a society to make sure that we get through the next one um, a little bit differently. And, and so um, with, with that, I want to thank Sarah, Sun, and Carl um, for all that you are doing, um, both professionally and personally. Uh, helping so many people, particularly in our community. Um, I didn't have this growing up, and that's the main reason why I'm doing this. Um, and, and I hope that all of us uh, and folks that are listening as well, um, take the time to coach somebody um, that looks like you uh, because they are going to have more inspiration. They're going to feel more inspiration just because of the way you look and knowing that we come from similar backgrounds. Um, and so... Thanks to everybody who've joined us today. Uh, I wish you all the best. Um, please connect with us afterwards on LinkedIn. Um, don't send copy and paste notes. Um, and uh, we, <laughs> we, we will send, um, I'm going to put my LinkedIn uh, thing here in the chat box if you want to connect now. I will also be sending a follow-up email to the entire list of people who signed up so that you can connect with us there. Um, thanks again. Uh, stay happy, healthy, and safe, everybody. And we will see you very soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you found a lot of information and insight in the conversation that I had with Sarah, Sun, and Carl. If you want to share this out with a friend, please do so. Um, you can tag us wherever you can at Dear Asian Americans across all social platforms. And on Twitter, we are just at Dear Asian Am. Please send us a note through the DM or email at hello at DearAsianAmericans.com if you want to share your thoughts with us. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those five-star reviews really help to get the uh, algorithm working in our favor to make sure that we can get this information and these stories out to as many people as possible. Thanks again so much for tuning in. Wherever you are, whenever you may be listening to this, I wish you all the health, happiness, and safety in the world. Signing off until next week, this has been your host, Jerry Wan. And the Asian Americans, let's continue to celebrate, support, and inspire.